John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one, and thank you guys for listening. It is Monday, September 19th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Rob, and his cool mustache along for the ride as well. I'm not going to ask how your weekend was because I saw it all over social media. You hanging out with all the sharks. Uh, how was the big birthday bash, dude? Hoity toity. Uh, it was great. You know, uh, yeah, the herds, very nice guy, nice family. Kim, his wife is great. The The problem with the birthday party was, Chris, beautiful event, but they had a band, dance floor. Everyone was out there. There's a bunch of professional dancers. They met on Dancing with the Stars, dude. So, like, no, here didn't. I am. This dude just kind of getting my jiggy on out there. And then there's, like, real dancers doing things. You felt a little embarrassed, but, you know, a couple tequila drinks will help out. Yeah. Uh, what was the net worth of the people in the room? It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any new additional investors for John Boy? We talked, you know, I talked to Damon a little bit, you know, he's in New mm. York. We talked about his Yankee yeah. fan. So we, we talked baseball a little bit, but um, no, it was a great time. And like I said, excellent family and, and Robert and Kim are just like awesome people. Hey, was Cuban there? Cuban was Cuban? not there. Oh, no. that's when it, that's when the fun really kicks in. Well, I'm happy you had a good time. I was busy working. That's what I do, but I love it. I'm passionate about it. And so let's get it going. Remember on Friday when we talked about, well, how are Albert and Aaron Judge going to do? And we, you said that, you know what? Judge is going to hit two and Albert's going to hit one. You got the Albert part right. You shortchanged Judge. He had a monster weekend in Milwaukee. He went deep two more times on Sunday. He's got 59. And oh, by the way, he is flirting with the triple crown as well. Now, if Judge sets the American League home run mark, which would be 62, and if he gets the triple crown for the first time since Miggy did it a decade ago. Where would his single season rank among the greatest that you've ever seen? That I've seen, like I've been asked this question before, and usually I point to 2012, 2013, Miguel Cabrera. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, the numbers are there. And then personally, like I got to see a lot of it. A lot of it came against my team. I was playing third base for a lot of this. Okay. But you go and look at those numbers, and there are some numbers that Miggy does better. But overall, the season the judge is having right now is absolutely incredible. It seems like he's – I mean, he's – we talked about this before. I think his lowest month OPS is 922. He's getting better as the season goes on. And Chris, these homers in Milwaukee, his swing is looking so good. He just gets like up into his load, his coil, if you will. And he's able to let the fastball travel so deep. His path happens so deep behind him, so consistently through the zone. It's like fastballs are going to go out to right center like we're seeing. And then uh, a slider that he got 1-2 in, in, in this game, he just catches it a little bit more out in front. But his path is so good that it's still through the ball. So he's not pulling those sliders that he's out in front of foul down the left field line. He's hitting him to left center because his path is just so good. He's locked in. I think... Chris, in my lifetime, and all the baseball I've watched, this is probably the best offensive season I've ever seen. 
So the most fun offensive season I had a baseball fan as a baseball fan was 1998, right? Because it was the home run chase. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have since then figured out things were artificial. We probably knew at the time, but we were so craving it that we just the country every day was talking about it. I mean, the non-sports shows were talking about McGuire versus Sosa. So that was the most fun I think I had watching baseball in terms of uh, players or teams that I didn't particularly care about because they weren't my guys or my squad. Now, for me, the Bond seasons were unbelievable. Like, they were totally different than anything I'd ever seen because the guy was literally getting one pitch a game and he would destroy the baseball. And that was it. If you if you look at some of his numbers, the year that he hit 73 in 2001, he had one extra base hit every 4.45 at-bats. 4.45. So basically, every day he was getting an extra base hit, essentially. Just compare that to Aaron Judge, which is an amazing season. He's having an extra base hit every 1.64 at-bats. That just shows you how crazy the Bond stuff was. And once again artificial, not real, all sorts of stuff. I could just tell you that in my eyes at the time, I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Aaron Judge has gotten as close to Barry Bonds for me in terms of having to see every single at-bat. And I think that's the biggest compliment I can pay to him. I know the Bond seasons. I know the numbers. There are some absolutely insane numbers. If you're just going to look at a baseball reference page and have no context there, then yes, Barry Bond yeah. seasons are better than Aaron Judge's season. Like a, a 609 on base percentage in 2004. Ridiculous. He walked 232 times. He slugged 812. These numbers are out of this world because they're not of this world. They're, they are artificial. Like this isn't... Mm-hmm. What Judge is doing, okay, like baseball is integrated, so he's got that. The way the game is being played right now, he's seeing way more pitchers than any of the other guys that are that have these home run numbers have seen, you know, specifically talking about Maris and Ruth there. But just the fact that he's doing it clean, that's what that means something to me. So I don't I don't even put the I understand the numbers are there and they're awesome, but to me, I don't even equate those into like a Honestly, a real season. So Judge That's is going to take that for me. Uh, and and I get it. I, I understand it. I'm not here to discuss all that sort of stuff because I don't know who was using and who wasn't, meaning I don't know what pitchers were also on it. So I don't know. You know, all that I doesn't matter is, to me. That doesn't matter to me. And that's fine. I, I do respect that. I, I get I get the community that's saying that Aaron Judge is doing a clean and God, it sucks that we even have to have that discussion. So I just want to say that Aaron Judge He's, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the game, so I like to watch a lot of his at-bats regardless. But now if you're not tuning in for every at-bat, if MLB Network's not breaking into every Aaron Judge at-bat from here on out, they're morons, you know? I told you, 59, 58, this is when I'm going to start to watch every single Judge at-bat because obviously 60s is his next homer, and then you got Maris, and then it's it's now it's go time. We're watching every single Judge at-bat. You're totally right. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him just because of the extra layers of the contract and turning down over $200 million and betting on himself. And, oh, by the way, raising his batting average 20 points in the month of September is no joke. That is incredible what he's done. 
he heard the Otani talk. He's like, I want this MVP. I had one, you know, yeah, he heard it from us stolen from me. That's quotes yeah. people who are just listening on that, but he wants it. He heard it from us, dude. He is doing everything in his power and hey, basically way, keeping s- the Yankees afloat too. Yeah. And doing all that. Don't sleep on Albert Pujols' season of 2009 where he hit 47 homers. He had an extra base hit every 6.10 at bat, so even better than Judge this year. More impressively, he struck out 64 times that season. Judge has struck out almost 160, and that's not to begrudge Judge. I'm just telling you the difference in the types of hitters they are and the obviously the difference in the type of game we're playing right now. But the fact that Albert was doing all that damage while only striking out 64 times that's remarkable. Yes. Pretty crazy. All right, let's move on. Uh, Framber Valdez continues to do it. 25th straight quality start for him over the weekend. But the bigger news, Houston Astros clinched a playoff berth for the sixth straight season. They've all but locked up the number one seed there in the American League. Now, this is a big if. But if Houston wins it all this year, will people finally accept them for what they've done, meaning having an amazing run, which would include two World Series titles in six years, or when everybody sees the big H on the hat, they'll still just think, cheaters! I think there's always going to be a portion of baseball fans that thinks cheaters when they see the Astros uh, logo. And that'll go away eventually, I believe. Um, But I've been saying this for a long time. This organization is doing really special things, okay? And I understand there is a past there, and it's not pretty but this is a completely different team, completely different years. You know, for the past three years, we know 2021 20, and now 22, there hasn't been any cheating going on. And they say they haven't done it since 2017, but there's been some evidence that says they did in 2019. So whatever. They've been clean and they've been winning games and they've been going to the ALCS. They've been going to the World Series and it's year in and year out. And what they're doing this year is awesome. What Framber's doing this year is awesome. What Jordan's doing this year is awesome. They have some really, really special players all up and down their roster. I personally don't think of this team like that whatsoever because there's a lot of new faces that had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for people to realize. So um, in my opinion, like this is this is a model franchise right now. And that, that's changed very quickly, man. If you remember how we were talking about them just a couple years ago. Um, but I think most people did say like, look, if they continue to do the only way for them to, to get that reputation back is to go out and win games and continue to win as an organization. And they've done that. So here we are. And I'm telling you people like you gotta, you can, you can root for this team. Like it's not bad to root for the Houston Astros. They are a spectacular baseball team and a fun team to watch i think the most interesting thing you said is your last line that it's not a bad thing to root for the houston astros do you know that today i contemplated putting on the houston astros hat instead of what i'm wearing which is a durham bulls hat and i'll explain why momentarily and i had to think about it every time i want to wear that hat on baseball today i'm like are people are they just going to put in the comments section how much they hate the astros instead of listen to our show like that's I have to think about that. And that's tough. Like that's terrible because they are an exceptional organization. They draft well, they develop well, they sign the right players. Sometimes they let the right players go. You know, they make good trades. They've got a cool manager. They got a lot of shit going for them. Yeah. Except that thing. And Chris Archer said on the Chris Rose rotation that he had to have that discussion with Carlos Correa in the shower, you know, because he competed against him when the 
when they were cheating. And he said, some of the loudest boos I've heard is when we played in Los Angeles here. And you said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we are, we're six seasons removed from that. And Correa still is vilified around the league. And Altuve still gets booed every time he goes to New York and all that sort of stuff. So that's not going to change until those players are just out of the league. So I don't think that if they do win it all, and I do think we're going to have a chance to discuss this because I think it might become fact sooner than later that we're not going to see this team for all the glory it should receive. I know, and I think that's silly. I mean, I, I get it, and that is – it's their fault and the organization's fault. Like, they did something very wrong. So, like, I, that is going to linger for quite some time. But if you really take – you know, examine it, a little closer look at what's going on there, I mean, you have to be impressed. That's basically well, I, all I'm I asking make... people is check it out, see the roster, see what they're doing. And like, like you said, Chris, they're just doing it on all sorts of levels, you know, drafting, developing, trading, everything. I want to make this very clear. I personally have moved on, but I understand people that haven't. Yeah, I I think that's fair. That's fair. Me too. And I think that that's what it has to be. I hate the whole, and we do this during the judge versus Otani, and I think that it has muddied the waters so much. There's national, John Heyman is being such a dick on some of his stuff. I like yeah. I got I got along with John and I understand he now writes for the post and so everything's got to be slanted toward New York. He's like, "Well, with the exception of a few people in California who don't, you know, who think that Otani's the MVP, why do we have to separate? Why can't we just celebrate at the end of the day two remarkable seasons?" Every you know what? You could I don't care who you think is the MVP. Let's appreciate stuff. God damn, we have gone look at what we've gone through in this world the last two and a half years. Why does everything have to be a shit slinging contest? I've had enough it, of it. I really it, have. Because it sells papers and gets clicks. That's why. You know, but I I've mean, like, enough, I, I read dude. that. I read that article with Heyman and cheese, man. And hey, I'm actually you know offended. Just, He's I, coming at Californians like pretty, pretty harshly there. Exactly. It was stupid. And you know what? I've gotten along with John for years. I thought I would tell him to his face, too. I thought it was irresponsible. And I get it. I know who he writes for. I understand it. We all work for somebody. We all have to pee somebody. We all have a, an audience. We, we don't. Have to... We don't. I know, but I know. Say but whatever we want here. Read... By the way, if you read the New York Times article, Jimmy and Jake set the tone. This is the feel good media company. And it's true. We're not going to, by the way, we're not going to agree with everything that goes on. There will, there are people that we don't agree with. And I'm not going to say we take shots at, but sometimes they're warranted. But it is the place of positivity. And I hope that's why you're hanging out. Hey, can I, can I get some negativity real quick in this place of positivity? Please don't be coming at California again, John. We litter the big leagues with, with big leaguers. Okay. Well, John Heyman would say something like, well, uh, Chris, uh, you know, I work for the New York Post. And so, you know, sometimes I've got to take that slant. You know, Aaron Judge has had a phenomenal season. That's what he would say, something like that. Uh, here's what I'll say. <sighs> I want to tell you a little bit about win reality. It's the VR yeah. baseball training application available on the MetaQuest 2. It gives you players out there access to unlimited game speed reps no matter where you are. I think the number one complaint we have about baseball is that sometimes when you want to get better, you don't have anybody around that can throw a curveball or throw a fastball that gets up to 90 miles an hour. So how in the heck can I get better? You know, hitting off a tee is, yes, important, but I don't get to pick up the ball out of somebody's hands. This is where win reality helps you out. They have a pitcher library that consists of more than 600 pitchers 
all the way down to 8U and up to the major leagues. You get to work on the release. You get to pick up the spin, the speed. Hitters get a chance to study each and every pitch, and then they hit in the real game as well. Ploof, I imagine that if they had this thing around when you were doing your thing, you would have been all over it. I talk about this all the time. Pitchers have the advantage with the technology. And one of the only ways that I can think of that hitters can sort of, you know, mirror that or, or try to catch up is with a VR type setup. So this I'm all about. We need it. Yep. All right. So it's used by a majority of MLB teams, including Paul Goldschmidt. How's his season been? Pretty good? Yeah, he right. he's all right. Okay. It's also been oh, used no, by he's hundreds excellent. of college. Oh, he's excellent. Yes, I knew that. It's also been used by hundreds of colleges across the nation. Everybody loves it. The hitters love it. Coaches rave about it. Parents love for what it's done to their kids. Pitchers don't love it, but that's okay. You've got your other stuff to go play with. Win reality. Go do it today. It is winreality.com slash today to go sign up. All right, let's uh, let's start talking about a little more pitching. Mets and Braves, they both sweep. Uh, New York still leads the NL East by a game. And Max Scherzer expected to go tonight in a matchup against Corbin Burns up in Milwaukee. First time in two weeks he's pitching because of that oblique discomfort. He didn't want to say it was injury. He said, listen, it's not that big a deal. How big a deal is it? Oh, well, this is game speed, Chris, like real game speed, not rehab speed, not, you know, throwing a bullpen speed, like real game speed. And we talked about this with the injury. You know, he said he couldn't really pinpoint a location. It was more bruised. And I told you, like, usually that's a sign that things are happening. So was he right to shut it down and and, and take that rest? Probably. Um, but he needs to be, you know, cautious out there. If he feels that again, then. You know, I don't know what you do at this point in the season with something like that. That's kind of where my head is at. It's like, yeah, if you feel it and it's just a little bit, typically you'd want to shut it down to get rid of it. But now, what are you going to shut it down and and, and miss the postseason? Are are you going to go out there and and go hundred percent and then see what happens? And then if if it grabs now, then it's he's probably going to be done. So yeah, it's over. It's, it's it's a weird time uh, for Scherz, and I really hope he just goes out there and doesn't feel anything. And I think obviously Mets fans wish for the same thing. But to answer your question, man, they gotta be they gotta be careful, and he really has to be in tune with his body and be honest with the training staff. Um, in my mind, he probably pushes it. That's probably what's going to happen right now because he understands you know where we're at in the time of the season, you know what that means. Like, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping right now he's he's obviously thrown and, and he's he's felt his side and it feels good to him. I'm hoping it's it's just gone. But if he feels that little bit again, man, it's 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 just a dangerous thing to do with the oblique. Baseball gods, please help. Yeah, we need Max Scherzer in the playoffs. Yeah, we need him in the playoffs. I don't I don't care if it's as a division champ. I don't care if it's as the top wild card and he's got to pitch an extra game or two. We need him. The sport is way better when he is out there huffing and puffing, or as my buddy Kevin Millar always said, when he's carrying the luggage. He's always up there, you know, hunching his shoulders after striking somebody out and popping those things all around. I, I'm i worried. I'm yeah. going to watch his start today, and I just I want him to get through it just healthy. That's it. Like, I know Mets fans want to win the game because they want that two seed. They want that rest. They don't want to have to face San Diego or face Philly or face Milwaukee or whomever it might be. Gosh, 
I feel for you, Mets fans. I do. You know, if, <clears throat> I said, I, I, the intensity is not the same in a rehab start. It's just not. It's just the bottom yeah. line. But if he went down there to Syracuse, did his thing, and didn't feel anything at all, then I'm encouraged by that. And maybe he did find it early enough, shut it down, and he'll be ready to go. No problem, you know, whatsoever. You know, they've been rehabbing it. They've been strengthening it. They've been getting it loose. So, Let's go, training staff. This is you got you got to earn your money right now. So you, you can't mention the Mets without mentioning the Braves. And Spencer Strider set a record over the weekend, <sighs> collecting his 200th strikeout of the year in just inning number 130. So he got there faster than the previous record holder, Randy Johnson, by two thirds of an inning. In fact, Braves teammate Michael Harris said Strider has the same effect toward hitters as Jacob Degrom. Too much, too soon, or, or is he on to something? I, I don't think that's like too crazy of a thing to say. I mean, pro- he's probably not as consistently good like Jacob deGrom is, but there are flashes where, yeah, like he makes hitters feel helpless. And I think that's maybe what Harris is alluding to. There's some guys that you face in the big leagues where you're like, when they're on, you kind of know you don't have a chance. And that sucks as a hitter, and you – you try to trick yourself. I'm pretty good at it, but there are times where you just knew, like, dude, I'm I'm not gonna get a hit today. Like, he's got his stuff. He's pinpointing three pitches. I'm done. You try to work a walk. You try to make contact, put the ball in play, whatever it is. But when you got a guy like Strider with strikeout stuff, like he has, and obviously Degrom has that as well. I mean, it's just there are times that you are 100 helpless up there. And that's why they say, you know, baseball hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports because there are times where it's just impossible. If the pitcher is doing what he needs to do, putting the ball where he wants to put it with that type of stuff that Strider has, I mean, those the, the numbers, the strikeout numbers, that quickly getting in front of Randy Johnson, fastest to 200 Ks, that's like, that's elite level stuff. So when Harris says, yeah, like he makes hitters feel like DeGrom, I have no problem with him saying that. It's not as consistently as DeGrom does it, but he's been pretty damn consistent this year. He's dominant is what Harris is trying to say. There are times where he is going to dominate a baseball game and dominate hitters, and it's true. Watch the guy pitch. I I think he's dead on. <laughs> I really do. You know what? Do you know when he joined the rotation this year? It was late. He was in the bullpen early, right? It was almost let's see. June. May 30th is when he joined the rotation. It was almost June. It's incredible. Yeah. It really is unreal the sort of season that he has had. He's just the third Braves rookie to ever collect 200 strikeouts in a uh, in a season. The other guys who did it did it in the 1800s when they were throwing <laughs> 350 innings a year. <laughs> he did it in 130. 130. So I was thinking about this. Braves play a Let's say they win the division. Best okay. of five series. When is Spencer Strider getting the ball? Game two? Got to be, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I right, think so. Right after Freed. Yeah. Freed, Strider. Morton. Morton. That's pretty Champs nasty. are coming, man. It's pretty Champs nasty. Are coming. That's what I just keep saying. Freed is just like over here. And he's like, I'm, I'll do my thing. Yeah. I'm close to winning the freaking Cy Young. In, uh, in our league, but hey, you guys keep talking about Strider. That's perfect for Max, by the way. He loves oh, that. He loves that. He loves that. Less talking, the better for him. Uh, so Philly gets swept by Atlanta. San Diego takes care mm. of business out in Arizona. The Padres, in case you haven't noticed, 
are now the five seed. Phillies fall back to the six seed. Brewers are hot on their tail. How big a deal is that the Padres and the Phillies swap spots? Well, I mean, they're only a half game separated. And neither of those teams, the the fifth and the sixth teams, are going to get any home field advantage. I don't think it matters necessarily. I mean, the only thing that really matters is Philly's lost four in a row and Milwaukee's right there. And one of those three teams is going to be going home. So, like, I don't care where you're seated, five or six, it doesn't matter. You just got to make the freaking playoffs. And you don't want to be Philly where, like, you treaded water and and, and not even treaded water. You, you flourish with Harper out. You get Harper back, and then all of a sudden you're going to have a bad September. I hope that's not the case for them because the fr- that franchise does not need that. No but this way. race is going to oh be absolutely God. incredible. San Diego, Philly, Milwaukee, three very fun teams to watch. Milwaukee's holding on by a thread, had a good series against the Yankees. I mean – I guess to answer your question, it doesn't mean that much to me because, like I said, you're not going to get a home series anyway. But, dude, you just you don't want to be limping into the playoffs. You don't want to be have a crash in September to get you out of the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, Philly needs to to step it up, get going here. So the difference between five and six, if you make it, is you will either be playing as the sixth seed, you'll be playing the St. Louis Cardinals. And as the five seed, you'll either be playing the Braves or the Mets. Pick your poison. Wouldn't you? Do you think there's St. Louis? I don't know. Why would you say that? Well, that's not to diminish St. Louis, but I'm just saying. I think I'd rather fit. I know what I'm facing. We just talked about it. You're getting freed. You're and talking about Strider, starting pitching, two, yeah. You're... Or Degrom and Scherzer, assuming he's healthy. Pretty tough road. I think the Cardinals are also tough. I mean, this is a I know they ball are. club. Great. It's like I said, it's, it's just pick your poison here. You just all they're focused on make the playoffs. I know, I know, please. I know. We as listen, we as fans do this. You guys don't sit in the dugout and go like, "Wow, I wonder if we should lose today so we could be the sixth seed and face the Cardinals." The fans do that. We'll <laughs> leave that up to the, us. Okay. Last thing before we get out of here on the podcast and the YouTube side, we really appreciate it. By the way, if you want to join us live, you can each and every day live on the AMP app. Just download it on your iPhone. We'll be there 1130 a.m. Eastern every day. Brian Hayes, there was a video of him when Eduardo Escobar was rounding third. And Todd Zeal brought this up in the SNY postgame show that Brian Hayes has his glove off during a play and he is eating sunflower seeds. As a former third baseman, bad look or no big deal? You can make an argument either way. You know, this specific play, like his only real responsibility is to get to third base, you know, possibly Escobar trips and maybe there's a rundown or, you know, the runner getting to him uh, that was behind Escobar, the batter, I guess. So there's really no responsibility. Like, and he's, if you watch the, the rest of this clip, he's putting his glove on. He's going to make his way over to third base. There's really nothing you can do. It doesn't look great. I would do some things in this situation, but I was a little extra over there. I had to be because I wasn't as good as Key Brian Hayes. What I would do on this, uh, you know, for sure double runner running around, is I would get on third base, and I would set up like I was going to receive a throw. Now, the runner is going to be looking at the third base coach, and the third base coach is just going to be waving him, so – you know, might not work, but every once in a while, you'll get a guy to slow down a little bit around third base because you're hovering around the base. You have to get out of the way and give him a lane to run. Uh, but I would do that the last second. Uh, it's just a small little thing. I learned that from Adrian Beltre that you can slow him down a step. So, you know, 
I guess I said there was really no responsibilities, but you can make a responsibility if your head's in the hmm. game and you want to go that extra mile. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It looks bad. I understand that. Um, but if Key Brian wants to be a guy guy, like everyone thinks he is, I would lean more towards trying to be like Beltre and doing the little things like that because you put that in your mind and that's the way when you're young, that's the way you're going to play for the rest of your career. If you start young and you're just like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'll just do my basic responsibilities. You're going to play like that for the rest of your career. So I think it's would have been wise of him to do some things there. But um, again, I think you'll find guys on both sides of the fence here. People will say it doesn't matter. And then me just saying there's some things you can do, Key Brian. Yeah. And I, I think that if he sees the video, maybe he can learn something from it and just be like, yeah, you know what? I got to be a little bit better. Pirates have invested in me. If we're going to turn this thing around and I'm going to be a part of it, I do have to do the little things. End of the day, does it, did it affect the decision of the game? Probably not. Do I have to be doing all the right things as a guy who's been paid and a guy who wants to be known as a good kid and a good professional? Yeah. It's not a if big you, deal. If you want to be the learning, captain of learning, that team, if, if you want to be you know, the head of the franchise, face the franchise, like you do have to do those little things because people are watching you. That's the bottom line. Shit, if Key Brian doesn't have to do these things and he's, you know, I munching know. on seeds during the play, know. why can't I do that? I mean, that is maybe it's not fair to him in the long run, but it's the truth. Like people are watching Key Brian. I mean, look at us. We're talking about Todd Zeal's, you know, breaking it down on the Mets post game. They're not even talking about, you know, the run. It's more about, hey, look at this, this thing. And that's what you want to avoid. And like I said, I think going the extra mile, doing all these things, people will call it eyewash here and there. I, you know what I used to do? People used to hate it all the time, Chris. Pick off to first base. As a third baseman, I'd run behind the pitcher back and up. back up the throw it's from you. first base. That shit never – they never missed that throw. But, man, I was there. And I think little you things like that are important. best little leaguer ever. Best little leaguer I, ever. I wasn't very great. I wasn't great defensively. I had some decent seasons, okay? But I had to do all those extra things because I wanted to be in the big leagues. I didn't have a, you know, a, a multi-year deal that assured me a spot. I had to earn it every single freaking year. So I did those little things. I think, and again, I watched Adrian Beltre do them. So that was like my thing. Like, if Adrian Beltre is going to do this shit, I'm going to do this shit. You want to hear some other okay. stuff he did? Okay, quickly. All right, quick. Runner on third base, less than two outs, fly ball to the outfield. He would get in front of the runner and try to block his eyesight. And you're not really supposed to do that. So you kind of have to move because you can't just like stay there and go like this in front of the runner. But if you did it right, you could move around and a guy might get a later break because he can't see when the ball leaves. Or he might leave early and then you get him out. It's like those are the Wait. little things at third base. Why did you say you're not supposed to do that? Why wouldn't you? That gives you the defense an advantage. It's not because uh, uh, they'll call obstruction. I've talked oh. to umpires about it before. It's Wait, I, I don't the, understand how visual but... obstruction. Oh, that's interesting. I've I mean, I don't that. even know if that's a rule, but umpires have told me that before. You know what I told them? Uh. Adrian Beltre does it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I truth. Love that that's great. That's really funny. All right. Um, what do you have coming up on John Boyd? A series recap Monday, me, Jake. I uh, don't think James is going to be there, but we've got a lot of great baseball to cover. Uh, I got a great award yeah. to give out today. So, yeah, okay. right after this. Nice. You? Reason I'm wearing the Durham Bulls hat is because Tyler Glass now has been pitching for Durham. I don't even know how he did yesterday. I got to look it up. Interesting. We already released a very interesting clip about pitching to Aaron Judge if he has to face him in the playoffs, what he would do. 
gotten a lot of traction so far. Give it a look. He's always great. He talks about his contract extension, why it was important for him to stay, and it's not just the $25 million that he's going to be making a couple of years from now. That certainly helps. <laughs> um, yeah, but we talk about a lot of things. He he did the interview from Gwinnett, Georgia, which is where mm, he was on a rehab there. assignment. Talked about the minor leagues and being back there and how much he actually enjoyed it and stuff like that. It's really – I mean, he's great. Everybody knows it. So go enjoy the latest episode of the Rose Rotation. We've got a busy week, too. we got a couple – couple guys coming on that'll i think give us some good episodes so there you go and we are back at this again on tuesday so for trevor ploof and our amazing producer the one and only robbie shirocco i am chris rose we'll see you tuesday on baseball today